So what's uh, a couple of you guys are drinking or did you have some PBR coffees already? I know, Chad, you had a sloop. Right? I, I have a, I have a little little juice bomby. There you go. DJ. Matt. Oh, Matt, Matt broke out the iron weed from all He's the big guns. Yeah. It is midday. It is That's Sunday. Nice, fun Sunday afternoon. I'm off tomorrow, so I'm on. I'm only on beer number two. It is only one thirty though. So yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, unrelated note: I got to run upstairs for like two or three minutes. If you guys don't mind, not no, at all. No, not at all. I was uh, I... nice of you to wait until I hit the record button. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I felt this appropriate after you guys were there a couple of weeks ago. I'm actually drinking some Unified Beer Works. Oh, Very nice. nice. So all the juicy things IPA. That's a they, good one. They have some great stuff. They really do. It's, uh, uh, it's really nice. Let me do an intro because I actually want to ask you about that show and how that how much fun that was. So welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar, Home Bar Edition, as I am drinking at my home bar, otherwise known as my desk here in my little nerd man room. Of course, I'm your host, Chris Osborne. For this episode, I'm hanging out with TJ Foster, Matt Delgado, and Chad Fluwelling. Did I say that even close? You nailed it. It's the it's the two W's right next to each other. It messes it up. Throw me off. I'm like, we, was that a typo? Went, uh, it's not. <laughs> nope. My whole life. <laughs> of course, you guys make up three quarters of the band Erie and local indie rock band from Albany, New York. And I uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to hang out and chat. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. No problem. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. We just uh, had our last rehearsal for the year and... Uh, yeah, just kind of winding down from that, I guess. Nice. Yeah. So uh, since I'm drinking some Unified Beer Works, you guys played a show there a couple of weeks ago, just covering Blink and Green Day songs, right? It was the debut finale of Erie 182. Yes. <laughs> the debut uh, finale. I like that. Yeah, fun it was it was good. What are some of your favorite Blink songs or Green Day songs to play then? Um, well, we, we didn't play the Green Day stuff. We just played the Blink stuff. Was but, it just Blink? I mean... I've been playing all those songs like whenever I have, you know, free drum time since I was 15. So like they're all up there for me. Kind of like what we we kind of grew up on that. So yeah, me too, man. Like, hey, what what can we do for Halloween? Relatively simply. Then we realized how short Blink-182 songs are and how long of a set we needed to fill. So (laughs) 25 of them. Matt and I each did like halvesies on bass, which neither one of us have ever played bass live before. So it was a lot of like a lot of firsts, but it was a blast, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I grew up on I think one of my first CDs was Dookie and then Dude Ranch really got me on my uh, kind of going in pop punk direction somewhere in middle school or whenever I got into that. But I think just the opening chords of Damn It is probably one of the first things I ever tried to learn on guitar once I finally got a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a song that yep. just fucking still rocks today it's that one and uh i think i was a little later so all the small things i think was like the first song i learned on guitar actually oh really yeah yeah nice a lot harder to play back then <laughs> I, yeah, do... I, was, I was more of a casual blink fan like i i loved them but i never learned any of the songs so i learned like 20 something songs in what did we say like three weeks yeah <laughs> it was about that yeah half of them are all the same too well, so that's true i only learned four chords i was gonna say there's not a lot of chords there but it still sounds intense <laughs> to yeah. try to get that down yeah. that quickly quick shout out to uptown beverage who i had deliver some beer for me yesterday since i'm kind of stuck at home and they have a great fantastic delivery service over on altamont ave use the for anyone out there interested in getting beer delivered you can go to uptownbeverage.com enter the code stories for three percent off your online purchase that's how i got my unified beer works beer since i couldn't drive up to malta and uh, great place, great selection. So definitely check out Uptown Beverage. Cheers to Uptown Beverage. Cheers to Uptown Beverage. Dink. And discounts on beer. And having it brought to your door. Double better. Double All of those yeah. things are great. I know, they are. But I've seen Blink, I think I've only seen them two or three times, But because you, you referenced the Pop Disaster Tour, and I saw that. I saw the Charlotte, North Carolina stop because I lived down south at the time, and it was it was just fucking phenomenal. I think Travis is one of the has got to be the top drummer in the business at this point. He's he's insane, and I really really butchered him, and I feel <laughs> bad, but it's fine. No, man, it was good. It was solid. <laughs> yeah, that Pop Disaster tour was great. I saw it up here at SPAC actually uh, myself and a couple of 
friends that I went to high school with, middle school, ah, I forget what, yeah, it was definitely high school. It's like 2001, right? And, uh, and I skipped, but what, what was awesome was that my mom, who was a teacher at the time, skipped school too. And we all went up to SPAC on a Tuesday and saw that tour. Nice. It's just one thing I'll never forget is because they had Travis hooked up to this system that lifted him up in the air. He's freaking rotating upside down playing drums. I'm like, I'll remember this till the day I die because it's the only time yeah. I'm sure I'm going to see this. And just to see how his career's gone after that has been pretty amazing when it comes to music and everything. But still, crazy stuff, man. He's like revitalizing pop punk right now, like single handedly. It's like he, everything that's out now, it's like featuring Travis Barker. It's just, yeah, it's just him playing drums to, to different singers all day long. Yeah, it's crazy. It's great. So let's talk about Eerie because <laughs> that's why we're here. Not just, not just playing. Segue. <laughs> I know. So tell me how you guys got together and how this band came together. Uh, so I actually, it, it kind of started as a pet project of mine. I was, uh, I was, I was in the hospital unexpectedly and it was kind of a scary moment. And I just decided I wanted to pl play some loud music again. I hadn't done it in a while. Um, I've been doing a lot of like softer acoustic stuff and I really missed kind of feeling stage. Um, so I decided to do things backwards. I, recorded an album before I found the band. But during that process, um, you know, Matt and I worked together. Um, so we kind of knew and we were both going through some life shit at the same time. And it kind of just naturally made sense. You know, we both wanted to pour ourselves into something like this. Jordan was, he was my, uh, my uh, college roommate. So I've known him for, you know, 15 years now, whatever. Did I do that right? Yeah, 15 years. And so we were playing music together since you know then so it was kind of natural he is a guitar player by trade and kind of just picked up the bass and all just blew us all away so it was like very natural and i met chad uh the the, the best way you can meet a drummer which is on craigslist uh, <laughs> I, I knew a couple of drummers uh from the area and i had reached out to them and and, and they were interested but they they're all in like seven or eight projects so i was like all right let me go we go rummage through Craigslist and I found this dude who was looking to start a cover band. And I was like, Hey, how, how did you play some original music? And Chad was like, hell yeah. And that was, <laughs> um, that's kind of how we all came together. And it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Like just over the last year and a half or so, just seeing these songs that I kind of recorded by myself in a basement, like take on an entirely new life uh, because of these guys and, and how talented they are. That's awesome. Chad, you mentioned you're from Michigan. How did you even end up in New York? Um, I moved to New York City in 2007. I was just, I had to give my last push at trying to do something music related. Uh, so me and me and two buddies moved out there, found an apartment in Bed-Stuy, and then um, just kind of figured it out, you know, found some jobs and I joined a band down there probably in February was playing with those dudes and then i actually ended up meeting my wife through them uh in june and then we started pretty much dating then so yeah that's how we got up here and then uh we had some family up this way and we were kind of tired of city life and city prices and oh, yeah. this way yeah i uh i love going to visit the city i don't know if i could handle living living down there <laughs> i think I, I was 23 at the time i think i was in the right mindset oh uh, okay i don't think i could do it now I, I I just don't have the energy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so I guess we'll just kind of go around on this one, but how did you guys get like, what inspired you to start picking up instruments and trying to play music? Matt, you want to go? Yeah. I started playing um, violin in elementary school when I was eight, third grade or so. And, um, you know, stuck with that right through, you know, in college, I ended up playing, uh, with the concert ensemble and being concert master my senior, senior year and stuff. So um, really enjoyed that. But, you know, as you turn 12, 13, 14, you start realizing uh, no one, no one's really paying much attention to the guy that's playing the violin. So I picked up a guitar <laughs> as you do. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I was going back to your, the, the podcast you did about uh, that newfound glory album. And I think, um, you know, somewhere between you mentioned so so much of the Afterglow by Everclear. Yep, it was that. It was Third Eye Blinds, self-titled, and probably Newfound Glories. Nothing Gold Can Stay. That just kind of 
flipped something on in my brain and I was like, all right, rock and roll, pop punk, punk music. And that was, it was all systems. Well, you say no one pays attention to the violin guy. What about yellow card, man? <laughs> well, the backflips help. Yeah, well, that's true. He was very acrobatic. <laughs> Beat me to it, man. <laughs> this was, this was long before yellow card was, was doing their thing. You could have been a trendsetter. You could have. It's right. true. Get to trampoline and just do random flips on stage. Absolutely. TJ, how'd you end up getting into music? I can't really pinpoint like what made me pick up a guitar, I guess. Um, you know, when I was in, you know, grade school and stuff like that, I was, uh, I was like big into baseball. So I was, I was a baseball player. Um, until I got to high school when people really couldn't run. And so that was kind of the end of my baseball career. And <laughs> I started getting real into music and I had, I had been playing the saxophone, but kind of like Maddie, I wanted to do something a little more cool for lack of a better word. So I picked up a little cheap black Yamaha and uh, my uh, second cousin or something of, of mine over in Connecticut, he owns a music shop. Nice. And started lessons from him. And then I decided I didn't want to take lessons anymore. I just kind of wanted to do what I wanted to do. So time, while Matt was listening to really cool things, I was listening to, um, uh, what was some big ones? Uh, Linkin Park and, and Limp Bizkit. And, uh, what do you mean really cool things? They are really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. Hybrid Theory is still mint. Dude, that is top-notch album. Yeah. Top-notch. But uh, so that that's actually kind of what, what I started trying to play on guitar and it very quickly became pop punk like you know like we said like blink right anima of the state came out and blew my mind it was that it was like the offspring um you know i mentioned green day i was a big phoenix tx fan anything on like drive through like just just ate it all up for years and just kind of never stopped i realized it was like it was the outlet that i needed you know mentally it was kind of the only thing that's kind of i've been able to turn to all these years and been like okay here's my my saving grace, right? My constant that I can just depend on. That's just kind of what music became for me. So nice. Chad. Um, I was the hyper kid who was always hitting everything always. <laughs> and uh, it's always just wanting to pound on stuff and wanting to play drums and, you know, do stuff like that. But I was also, I played hockey when I was a kid. So my parents were like, well, you have this activity. You can't really have any other activities type sort of thing. Um, but I had a, I had a friend on the street who was in a uh, school band and he played drums and he had a set. Um, so I'd go down almost every day after school and he would show me what he learned in band class that day. And then sixth grade, I was like, all right, awesome. I'm asking, I want a drum set for Christmas. My parents got me a acoustic guitar. I feel like and... asking for a drum set is every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just looking at my four-year-old son's drum set, uh, which is, <laughs> Top notch. But uh, anyway, but so, yeah, so then, so, you know, working with my buddy Zach and learning stuff from him. And then finally, I, I didn't really get my own kit until I was like 16. But then I just came home from school every day and just just played to records and imitated stuff and just tried to figure out whatever I could from whatever it was I was into listening to at the time. Awesome. So here's a question I'm sure you've been asked before, but I got to put it out there. How did you guys end up settling on the band name Erie? It's all you so, did. Yeah, it's all me. <laughs> uh, kind of, kind of started um, when I was like in the hospital and, and very uh, tired and, and existential and, and, and so on. Um, but I kind of wanted to pay homage to kind of the things that kept me going. And, and the first thing that came to mind was, was my daughter's. Um, so eerie, uh, the four letters of that are kind of a mnemonic representation of uh, first and middle names. So it's the last letters of each of their first and middle names. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds is a it, lot more confusing than, than it is, but yeah. But and quite a coincidence being, I don't. It seems like a locally focused name because of the Erie Canal and everything <laughs> like that. I, I didn't think about that at first, um, but it, yes, it made it very hard to. Uh, find anything online that to we do could... google searches right <laughs> band. every band i've been in has this problem by the way so um, it's a, it's... Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it a tj problem <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah so that's actually why you know all of our socials and stuff it's it's a band called eerie so everyone always kind of asks what our name is and we just say whatever you want is fine so <laughs> 
like that's one way to go so you guys are signed to mint 400 records which is an indie label out of halter new jersey how'd that come about um so last year i don't know if you know this but last year was pretty crazy never would have guessed <laughs> uh so the record i finished the record and just kind of self-released it first week of march literally days before everything shut down yep. um so the worst possible time to release a record and we couldn't do anything on it right we were able to play one show uh, at the end of february that was kind of like 24 hours noticed we had practiced together maybe twice ever as a band you know three times three, fair enough or no no that was the third time we played that yeah you're correct <laughs> gotcha. so we couldn't really you know give the record the attention that it deserved or that we wanted to give it so we decided to kind of uh, backpedal a little bit and send it around um, to some labels and mint 400 caught our eye because uh, there's, there's a bunch of good bands on there obviously but the, but, but a band uh, I'm friends with called the racer who are great guys they had recently signed some mint 400 and so after doing some research we thought we'd be a good fit for it sent it to them and and, and the guys took a listen to the record and really enjoyed it and it's kind of just the rest is history awesome and of course, it's called Don't Want to Live, Don't Want to Die. We're going to talk about that in a second. But what's what's the songwriting process like for you? Or what was it like then as opposed to now, now that you have a full band? Well, then it was, you know, I, I start I start writing everything on guitar and um, I'll kind of just sing nonsense words. It sounds really weird, but I, I'll come up with a melody that way, right? And I'll just be singing random words, I'll record it, and then I'll kind of go back and write lyrics to those melodies. Um, so nothing really changed in that respect, but it was definitely, it was definitely challenging kind of hearing the big picture. Because while I was thinking about that, I also had to think about what's this going to be doing rhythmically. And that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not a drummer, right? I taught myself to play a little bit and I kind of faked it, but it was, it was hard coming up with beats that weren't boring and this and that, but it was just a lot of me kind of tinkering in the studio. I didn't, I didn't demo anything. I just kind of started tracking and just kind of, you know, fell upon certain things, right? If it, if it worked, it was, it was great. And if it didn't, I just, you know, scrapped it and tried something different. So now it's a lot more me sending these guys songs and like the bare bones of songs and they're kind of doing their own thing, which, which is great. Cause it's, it's a lot, a lot better. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have this album written and recorded basically matt and chad when you guys come in and you hear this i mean what's your kind of reaction coming into something that's kind of done and you're here to kind of help build and expand on it well so tj sent it to me i started listening to it at work um you know i'm just walking around doing whatever i was doing at work and listening to it all day and kind of just identified with the music like it felt kind of personal to me even though somebody who I didn't really know at the time wrote all these tunes and so before I even sat down behind my kit to like try to play along to anything I kind of felt somewhat attached to the songs and then we I sat down the first time and it was it was, it was a song that I hadn't really listened to a lot it was called Batman and I'm listening to I'm, you know I'm listening to it and I start doing exactly what TJ did on this on on the track when I came, when the drums came in, I was like, well, this is great. I'm already here. Like I already felt connected to, you know, the body of work. And I just, it felt, felt pretty great actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I had been, you know, cause I think TJ, we were still working together when at, like that was, or maybe I had just left, but either way we had been in touch and you had sent me a couple of the tracks before they were finalized. And, um, you know, having been a fan of the work that TJ and Jordan had done dating back to when we went to, you know, SUNY, uh, I was immediately on board and I said, I really don't care what you want me to do on here. I'll play any instrument that you need, um, but I would love to be a part of this project because, you know, lyrically and musically, it, it really spoke to me. You know, I think the first one that was sent was Fire Away. And, uh, you know, right, right from the opening stanza of that song, I was like, "Yep, that's that's where I'm at in life right now." So this is, uh, this is gonna happen. <laughs> so, I, mean, I was I was on board right, right from the get go, and I was, uh, you know, one of the things that we got to do before the world shut down was do a, a radio show on EXT 
um, you know, and do just the, the two of us in studio, which was a lot of fun. Nice. Well, let's talk about the album because that's a great segue into Fire Away, which is the first song. And I remember the first time I've heard this, I forgot, maybe I just stumbled across you guys on social media or somehow. I forgot how I came across the band, but then, of course, I went and looked it up and was really, I really enjoyed what I heard. But <laughs> just like that first stanza, the first line there, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in that in the song, it sounds like. But last year was a shitstorm for the ages. For 15 seconds, I was dead. I'm like, yeah, you got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> that was the idea. That's, that's, uh, I kind of, uh, up until that point, my musical career, I never got real, like, I've, I've always been very open lyrically, but I've never been very blunt, I guess you could say. And this time it was just like, you know what, just say what you want to say, man. Like, and I kind of took a cue from, um, uh, one of my favorite songwriters who, who sadly passed away a few years ago, um, but, but Scott, Scott Hutchison of Frightened Rabbit. I remember when he came out with a record called Pedestrian Verse, the, the first line of that song, I can't, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I know that he had come out before the album came out. He said, the fifth word on our new record is dickhead. And it was kind of like, oh, tension gotten, right? And so um, I kind of took that cue and I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just say, call it what it is, right? It was a shitty year. And uh, of course, we had no idea what was going to be on the horizon. But at the time, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty shitty year. But singing it now in 2021 still makes sense. So whatever that means. Well, yeah, shitty year for everybody. But, dude, you fucking died, right? (laughs) 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 Your heart stopped for 15 seconds. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it it gets a lot shittier than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we related on, you know, a metaphorical level, but but it was was, that's that's a literal line. My favorite part about this is how when I first met TJ, how nonchalant he was about it. Like I, I, I was asking, like, so what, what happened? Like, you know, we met first jam for the first time. They came up to my place in Saratoga, and he was like, "Oh, it's a long story. It's fine." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So then, I, like, then he finally opened up about the story. Like, what? Just like one of those things where it was just uh, I'd rehash so many times. I think it's just like. Let's just enjoy this moment. Our first time jamming together, right? Like, we don't need to worry about this right now. Yeah, it was, it was, it was scary as shit, man. I mean, I, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't like this, like life flash before your eyes sort of thing or whatever. But like, you know, I've never ridden in the back of an ambulance before, right? It was, it was three thirty in the morning. So like, my at the time, one yeah, one and a half year old was like, you know, in her crib sleeping and stuff like that. So that that's the kind of stuff I was thinking about, right? Yeah. Kind of just really just really killed me was you know thinking about my daughter and and my wife like oh shit you know what's gonna happen and uh it started as this as this what they thought was like a gi thing and then all of a sudden it's like my heart stops and they're doing heart surgery which is not something you expect when you're no it sounds like it escalated quite quickly (laughs) that's what yeah cardiologist put me on a monitor just to see how things would like go and then like it was like two weeks later this all happened and i go back to see him after the surgery he's like he said that exactly he's like oh that that escalated quickly didn't it (laughs) but uh like there there, it sounds just like there's a lot going on in the song lyrically after you even get past that line but i love the guitar after you sing fire away by the way that how the guitar stands out there that's an awesome guitar part uh it sounds like there's just insanity and like a person slowly losing his mind in this song is kind of how it comes across to me <laughs> and i love when like you're kind of singing and it almost sounds like you're going off on a tangent but still singing <laughs> yeah there was it was it was a lot of different thoughts that i was trying to piece together and make sound coherent um but then that chorus is kind of just the overarching like zip tie if you will it ties everything together and it's just kind of like hey all this you know you, you get kicked and, and stuff like that but you know you know don't stay down right like yeah and uh, I, I love the line. I know I shouldn't care. There's a fire in my bones and I'm going to let it burn. That was I had something about that line that stuck out to me, too. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of where this project started. Honestly, it was like, OK, I want to keep playing music like, yeah, I'm getting older now and this and that. But let's, let's have fun again. You know, life's too short. Clearly, it's a cliche, but it's true. It is, man. It is. Gentlemen callers. I love the chorus on this song. How did this song come together? Uh, this song, this song started actually this, 
This is the only song on the record. I don't even know if you guys know this match. This is the only song on the record that actually was written before this project even existed. Um, it was like this acoustic demo. I, I, it was like a voice memo I kind of unearthed. I don't even remember. Like I don't think I recorded it for anything specific, but I think it was dating back to 2016, maybe, where I just kind of had the chorus and like parts of the verse and I found I was like oh that'd be kind of appropriate for this project so I unearthed it kind of polished it off and it just it, it kind of came together in a in a way I was I was pretty happy with is the line I'm gonna pick my ass up and go home with someone new is that the line uh yes yeah okay I'm yes. listening to it over and over again I want to make sure I get the words right I'm like I think that's pretty sure that's what he's saying <laughs> yep, yep that's it that's it that's fun to yell live by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i love the uh there's a like this vocal effect going on in the background and like the last chorus of the song i don't know if it's like an echo or the way the back a little like somewhat subtle in the background is coming that really sounds cool yeah i uh that was a very last minute decision where i um i, I every record i make i always have like this production idea and like the 25th hour then i'm like all right just do it and then most of the time i end up regretting it but this one i didn't <laughs> Just kind of like all right, I, I need something i need to yell something here and i think i just yelled something random and i was like that eh, man that works uh matt matt does it, matt does it much better live for sure <laughs> fears come running i love the again i love the guitar right from the beginning in this song this is a good one uh something i don't like i can't quite put my finger on your vocals i don't it's it sounds unique to me it stands out your vocals stand out to me it sounds maybe it's like a like a classic rock type vocal something i feel like i'm listening something like chuck berry time is that like the you know 60s 70s type rock vocal i think didn't matt correct me wrong, didn't we get like uh like mentioned in a review like that like they reviewed the record and they and they said something about like a classic rock sort of thing yeah. And, you know, I ended up thinking about that. I think it's the combination. I think it ends up being your delivery in the combination of like the punk pop punk ethos combined with the the like singer songwritery, um, more ethereal feel. And I think the way that comes across delivers that classic rock vibe. I'd never gotten that before. Not, not definitely not my uh, not my wheelhouse, but it's it's flattering nonetheless. So. <laughs> and then what really jumped out again with uh to me was some guitar playing at about the two and a half minute mark right before the bridge like that was that was just fire that was some awesome guitar playing right there thank you thank you <laughs> i think matt and chad how involved in these songs because the album was re-recorded with you guys right is that basically what happened no, oh it was no. not no tj did everything um so we were not involved in any obviously any of this process but now like there are you know some things that i've changed in what i'm playing i'm sure matt has done the same in what he's playing you know we're all kind of putting our own spin on the record while saying it's true to what it was as possible oh okay yeah there's a lot of liberties taken live you know there's a song later on the album that i can talk about when we get there but <clears throat> that we've completely changed pretty much 80 percent of how we play it oh wow all right it's well. yeah it's, it's weird now it's, well if, if i'll listen to the the recordings i kind of start anticipating the things that these guys do live and then they don't happen and i'm like oh, that's that's really weird so it's like i'm <laughs> very used to playing them now as opposed to listening them listening to them that man a slower song for me up until this point i love the chorus it seems really smooth and relaxing <laughs> <laughs> starting out how did how did this song come together i kind of wanted to write a song about how do i uh hmm, toxic masculinity i guess is the phrase but um i don't i mean i don't know if you could tell by looking at me but i'm not a very um manly person uh kind of look not, like a dock worker right now it's the fingerless gloves i think that are yeah. doing it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just kind of wanted to, to to write a song about that and uh again i don't entirely remember where the song came from but i do know that to your point it was kind of like the relaxed slower song on the album but i didn't want it to add in the same place that it started 
So that's oh. kind of where that buzzed out section came from. Yeah, I in my notes here, it sounds like you're, you know, you're leading, you're building a lot of layers here. And then there's like an explosion right before the three minute mark. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of, lot of fuzz pedals and stuff. It, it actually reminds me a lot of just the structure of a Jimmy Eat World song because they do that in a lot of their songs where it's yep. slowly adding in new sounds until it's just boom. That's one of our, uh, that's one of our biggest influences. So. Yeah, you hit you hit the uniting thread on the uh, on the nail of the head there. Well, as I was a number of beers deep and listening to the album the other night, I am and writing up some notes. I was also staring to my left here. I have a huge poster of the Futures album cover. So I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure I will reference. I have Jimmy Eat World referenced in here again on another song. So I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. The background, love the drum beat on this right from the beginning. The drums uh, keeps you hooked throughout this entire song, I thought. It's great thank, drumming. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the few songs where I was like, you know, this is this, this is a, this is a pretty cool drum beat. I don't know. Chad probably heard like, the hell's he doing? It's not how you're supposed to hit drums. It actually, so it, it made me kind of step out of my comfort zone. Cause I, I, I feel like I have a formula where it's like, I'm going to start over here and then, you know, spread out. I never in my ever started a song with just like a, a kick and a snare and then moving it around the toms. And it's kind of made me settle down a little bit as well, which has been, it's been fun. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good, good exercise. <laughs> I, uh, I picked up immediately on the Woody Gunthry reference. So I thought these things were supposed to kill fascists that so <laughs> I'm like I don't and it, I think I picked up on that real quick like I knew that line but what did I just I watched La Bumba a couple of weeks ago and okay. there was a reference about that line or Woody Guthrie and so I'm like I knew it as soon as I heard it. <laughs> yeah that was uh like I kind of wanted to get a little it was it's it's like a you know for lack of a better word I guess like political song so to speak but I didn't want to just be over I kind of wanted to write from a different perspective and uh so I had the framework of the song. I really liked, you know, I, like I said, like, you know, I really liked the drum aspect of it. I really liked the lyrics, but something was jiving. And so I sent it off to a friend of mine uh, named uh, Frank McGinnis. He lives down in like the Kingston area. Um, he's been in, uh, been in a lot of different bands, but uh, I sent it to him for ideas. And he kind of a few days later sent me back this, this file that had a bunch of different like, sweet angelic harmonies and all the all the synth stuff you hear in there that's all him and all these layers came on i was like oh well there's the song that's it there so well, i kind of yeah there was um going into the bridge the bridge gave me a real bleachers jack antonoff type vibe okay uh yeah just the musically with a little synth there i think it was i'm listening to this i'm like this sounds like something i hear on a bleachers record right now yeah that was uh that was entirely him started off very empty place and ended up being very big and it's it's definitely one of my favorites to listen to and, and to play no it's awesome because just the end of the song explodes when you're yelling burn this fucker to the ground i'm like yeah <laughs> it's been yeah. fun to try to figure out how to adequately do that bridge justice live and it's it's gone through a couple of iterations but i think i think i've settled on 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 how i'm gonna do that kind of chorusy coursey ambient piece at least for for a bit so you know throw on a couple of delay and reverb pedals and kind of just let it wash over you this is that bridge is probably as close as we will ever get to jammy <laughs> to jam band land <laughs> the dirt inside your soul right away the song title catches my attention tell me about the dirt inside your soul Oh boy! <laughs> I guess. How much time do we have? <laughs> Hold I on, guess I'm gonna have to refill here for this one. <laughs> Breaking out the hard stuff. I guess for me, at least, uh, I won't speak for these guys, but looking inward, it's really a song about mental health and depression and stuff. And uh, at least you know, growing, you know, at the time when I was growing up, right, it wasn't something that you really talked about or at least it wasn't discussed like freely or seriously right nowadays i think the stigma on a lot of it's been removed but for some it's still 
still out there. So I think the idea was like, you know, no, it's like just be who you are, right? Like no matter what's in there, no matter what dirty stuff is in there, you know, not not dirty, like, you know. All right, I'm, I'm someone else talk. PJ, <laughs> it's it struck me as a love song. It really struck me as a I want I want you, all of you, regardless of what baggage you have or come with. That's the way it, it came across, and it always has come across to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, see, the, the chorus is super catchy where you're saying that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the uh, the message is yeah, that's that's kind of the message, man. I definitely didn't I definitely didn't write it as an overt love song. It was definitely more of like a, like a human to human song, right? Like friend, love, whatever kind of thing. It was it wasn't really pigeonholed that way, but that's 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 cool that that's how you know you heard it first first thing for sure. I almost get a fast paced uh, Johnny Cash vibe from it. <laughs> nice, I'll take that. <laughs> I did hear. Uh, I do now as well. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Was there a sticks and stones reference? Because I know those were the lyrics somewhere. Yes, it was not not a <laughs> not a no. not a newfound glory reference. Just part of the at least, lyrics. At least not consciously. <laughs> uh, With the dogs is the next song on the album, and this definitely listening to the album. This definitely stood out as something that sounded different up to this point, which I thought was neat. Yeah, I think uh, it, it was it, it was definitely an outlier. I don't want to say it almost didn't make the album, but it was hard for me to find a place for it on the album that made sense. Um, especially since, you know, when when I when I write music and do these projects, I usually share everything like with my wife, you know, as it's kind of going in. And this was by far her least favorite song because it's just not her type of music. Right. Um, <laughs> but I believed in it. And uh surprisingly enough to me i think these guys would agree but it's it's definitely one of the highlights live for some reason people really gravitate to it live um, really and uh it's just i think it fits in better in our set than it does on the record it's it's it sounds like it'd be an awesome live song it's uh it has good energy it always yeah. has good energy live yeah I want to talk about fireworks because this is my favorite song on the track probably the or favorite song on the track favorite song on the album Beer. I don't know how strong this beer is. Maybe it's kicking it. Like so. Uh, yeah. Fireworks. I'm a sucker for a great for any song that approaches building the song as like a slow build and then just an explosion. Uh tell me about fireworks and what this song means to you. I'm gonna let Matt talk about this one because it's very near and dear to his heart, I think. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the hell TJ wrote it about. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I have I have my own, you know, thoughts. And, Everyone and, interprets songs differently. Yeah. And I really, I, 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 I told TJ, I don't want to know what any of the songs are about because there's a couple of them. This is, and this is one. There's there's three of them on here. And this, you know, Fire Away, this one, and then Life and Death. But um, this one is is really, really one where, where uh, there's a lot of emotional, <laughs> there's a lot of emotional uh, capital that's spent I think from all of us as we play this live, you know, I think the the words lend themselves to a pretty wide open representation, but I think the, the general emotion is something that most people can relate to. I mean, just the line, I was crazy about you. I've been crazy my whole life. I don't like, it's a simple line, but something about that just sounds really cool. Like I think the I've been crazy my whole life part. Thank you. Yeah. This, um, this was a song I, had wanted to write for years at least thematically and i just could never figure it out and this kind of came together this was a big production one man i mean i had i had the core of it recorded and stuff but then i just kind of kept adding layers and, and and you know throwing shit at the wall this was actually one where uh pete the singer of the racer who i who i mentioned earlier he actually uh ended up singing that bridge part cool. for me other one I was kind of stuck on. I was like, where does this, where does this live? And again, surprisingly, it's, uh, you're not the first person who said it's their favorite song. In fact, it's probably the most consistently mentioned song. And, and at the time when I was putting the record together, I was kind of like, this, this, this is probably the, the quote unquote filler song, right? Like near the end. <laughs> kind of. And, uh, it's just, it's transformed to a completely different thing. I think, um, that, which it, it's funny you call it a filler song because if you've listened to um, 
Krista makes from less than Jake, of course, has a podcast talking to all kinds of people uh, about like the anatomy of the song they've written and how most a lot of people put a song on there thinking it's a filler. And then it's just the fucking breakout hit like with Rise Against in their song Survivor. It's got like it's their most listened to song ever. And it, it almost they almost didn't want to put it on the album. I think someone that was there is like, no, you got to put this on there. Like, all right, whatever. And then, you know, it blew up. It, it's I always find that fascinating when a band or an artist puts a song on there that they don't, they're like, ah, I could take it or leave it. And then it's like, just goes. Boosh. Yeah. It kind of like, I, I would never put anything out. I didn't believe in or fully back. And this wasn't that sort of song. It was kind of, for me, it was like, where does it live? I guess in the story and the track listing. And that's kind of where, I guess, I guess that's kind of where, quote unquote filler came from right is like okay let's, let's just kind of pop it in there but yeah i mean playing it live i think has totally transformed it for me i mean it's 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 one of my favorite songs now too sometimes when you're writing stuff you kind of need that distance from it to really kind of appreciate what you did and uh i know after writing it and recording it i was kind of singing i was singing these words and tracking them right but i was never fully like appreciating them i guess or like you know in, in ingesting the meaning and then afterwards like hearing the you know the takes back on the actual record it's like oh shit like yeah that's that's where that that's what that song's about right like it kind of just hit home and yeah. yeah this is this is where i had my other note that it had a definite jimmy Eat world feel song so, structure to me. And, <laughs> and to bring it back there right so the the general feeling on this for me is it directly this emotion that I pour into playing this song live is directly correlated to just watch the fireworks. So. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's great. Cause like it, it builds and then it has the subtle dropout, but the, then it comes back for just like the last minute of that song, the, just the whole explosion there to wrap things up. And it's gr- fantastic. That, that ending as is kind of a, uh kind of a weird little tip because because honestly what inspired that ending is you probably wouldn't expect it but killers actually Um, brandon's got this weird delivery on a lot of his songs and where he's kind of like singing but not singing you know and that's kind of where my head went to the end of the song where those like last few lines of like the refrain maybe i'm not i kind of feel like i'm singing but not singing and that's kind of where that idea came from, I guess. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Tidbit. <laughs> if people in the know are only going to get that from the here, from the podcast. Right. right. Next up, the song right. Doubt. Take my hand. I've got one thing on my mind and it's fucking doubt. That, uh, I like that line a lot. I fucking, I doubt everything I do. It's, I think a lot, most people do, so easy to connect very, to for one thing very easy to connect to correct yep. so easy <laughs> <laughs> i get the sense the song is about uncertainty uh, <laughs> although i am doubting my suspicions <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah man uh i feel like i've said this god i feel like i've said this about a lot of songs now but man this song was one that i almost didn't put on here either i feel like i almost had an et and then yeah. it turned off no, I was, uh, this was actually the opposite of with the dogs for me, where um, when I showed it to my wife, said she loved it. And she was like, no, this is great. And I was like, all right, well, I got to put it on now. And it was kind of surprising to me because it's not like it was her type of music. Um, she's a lot more into like the, you know, folk Americana kind of, kind of vibe, but she really liked the song. So I was like, all right, it's got to, it's got to do something for someone, right? Chad's a monster on it live and it's a lot of fun to play. I, I love it. We have- we haven't played in a long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that again. I love the big build up, and then it drops out to just guitar and drum. What you're saying, in, and then builds back up. So uh, musically, that's really I really love the up and down in it. Thank you. Yeah, that was a very uh, that was a that was a national type vibe. I guess I was going for on that one. <laughs> Which is weird. It doesn't sound like that anymore. But at the time, in my head, that's what it was. It was a good use of the dichotomy of the fortissimo and, and, and the lower volumes. Nice. The eerie violinist, everyone. The eerie <laughs> violinist. I, I did not hear a lot. I don't think, was there any violin on this album? 
No, there might be a, there might be some on the next one. All right, I, I expect to break out the yellow card covers. <laughs> next Halloween show. There you yes. go. Violin. You guys are gonna owe me so much. <laughs> spectrums this is this was just a fucking cool song i thought and i thought it really stands out on the album with the guitar drum and uh, i don't is it like an electric sounds that are going on on this too yeah um it's really there's very little going on in the song um it's it's electric guitar there's that floor tom that kind of just keeps the keeps the time and then really a tambourine it's the shortest song on the album but it really is stuck with me yeah it was i I, I really like the um, I, God. I can't remember what you had what you had told me, Matt, when you first heard it. But you had a very good description of this song that I wish I remembered. I, I don't remember either. It, apparently, it didn't stick with him. No, apparently not. <laughs> it, um, it definitely gave me vibes from like early Lydia stuff. <clears throat> I think that was the first impression that I had from it. It's a uh, it's it's a song. Uh, explicitly for my kids and um that's i, I kind of I, I had to include something like that and i had to i wanted to yeah you know? i wanted to include something like that and uh that's just kind of what the song means to me and it kind of needed to be that sort of simple uh ballady type song i guess yeah nice and this is the one where we kind of switch up the arrangement live and we've got a couple different versions of it depending on whether we're doing like a full full band show or if it's like a more of an acoustic type of thing we have a couple of different ways that we play it which is kind of fun as a you know a musician not to get yourself too comfortable with something well i yeah. imagine if you're playing you know the same songs if your job's to play it over and over again you want to find ways to mix it up and keep things fun for you of course yeah that's that's for sure yep life and or death longest song on the album i think it was but it's an awesome way to close out the album this is a great song this is right up there with fireworks for me uh especially the bridge and just the insanity that's going on there <laughs> it's catchy straight from the opening guitar for me loving the lows and the highs that's what i mean that line there that's hard to love the lows but they make the highs the highs basically so tell me how this song came about for you i i had a lot to say <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of it's kind of the parallel to fire away i guess in that it's kind of making sense of everything that happens but also very much on the mental health front side of things um you know the the stuff that i went through like that ended up you know landed me in the hospital and stuff like that you know it was obviously scary at the time but um it's uh i, I think it took a while for me to understand the impact that it had on me mentally and i think this song it was part of that process um and like uncovering that and i can say every time we play it live now there's another line that really just kind of i'll say it and all of a sudden i'll kind of get a little teary-eyed or whatever it's it was it was a very tough song to piece together and kind of just talk about these feelings because as the song says right there, there are times when I, at least then, you know, I, I didn't want to be alive. Right. But I also didn't want to die, you know? So it was just like, you're kind of stuck in that purgatory, I guess, for lack of a better word. Where you're just oh, man, I've, I've had that thought so many times, like, don't want, yeah. I don't want to go anywhere, but I also don't want to be here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I was like, how do I say this without saying it? And then I said, no, fuck that. Just say it. And so I did. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah. But it, it's funny because that really is kind of the antithesis of fire away. It is kind of where all these songs have led you. It sounds like lyrically, uh, just again, I've referenced just that fucking epic bridge musically and lyrically sounds great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, there, it's, it's definitely the, definitely the most i guess personal personal one on the record with fire away and probably the most definitely most important i would say yeah it really sums up the whole theme of the album both broadly and then you know we're all we're all parents the four of us and 
I think there's a lot of these things that, you know, TJ was trying to <clears throat> get to pen and paper and, and ears, uh, you know, for the sake of his kids, you know, like we talked at, at the onset. And I think, I think that's something that translates, you know, I'm going to say it for me absolutely is something that, you know, as my kids are, are getting to that age too, it's like, you know, there are times when things are going to be really hard and really crappy and you're not going to want to, you're not going to know how to act or, or what you want to do or how to, how to move forward. But if you keep doing it, you, you get there, you get there eventually. And, and, you know, from a live standpoint, we often play fireworks right into this song. And I, I, I think we all leave the stage physically drained, but also emotionally drained because we put so much into the performance of them because the words mean so much to us. Oh yeah. I could absolutely see that. Uh, I mean, we've touched on that. That was, that pretty much wraps up the album, but we touched on this. So what are some of your favorite parts to play live then? Now that we're back to playing shows, the pandemic has at least cooled down enough to have shows. Uh, what excites you now when you step up on stage to play? Um, for me, it's going from life, death into fireworks. That is okay. just, that is, it's, I have to do the most work uh, of the night there. And it just really, I, I, I'm, I'm pushing as hard as I can. I'm hitting as hard as I can. I'm just trying to like get every feeling I have out and just leave it for people to see. So that's, that's, that's my favorite part of the live performance. Yeah, I had that backwards. It's this into fireworks. I don't know why I said it the other way. We just had practice like two hours ago. Um, Come on, Too much PBR coffee. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have that today. Chad, we had, we had the Guinness coffee. coffee. Uh, yeah. well, he, he broke out the liquor. He's sitting there drinking some iron weed from I, I Albany am. Distilling. So yeah. Um, Albany Distilling is great. We love that too. But it's it's probably a combination of, of that, you know, that segue, because usually that's the way we end our sets and, and it just, it feels great. But between that and a couple of the new songs that we're rolling out, um, that's kind of the most exciting part for me right now, I think. Def definitely that ending. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the consensus for sure. But I would say we, we at least lately, we've been opening our set with The Dirt Inside Your Soul. And um, when even even as far back as when kind of the four of us got together, I kind of made it point to myself to make sure that I enjoyed every single minute of being on stage and even more so now because there was a long time there where we had wanted to be on stage and we couldn't. Right. So when we kind of step out and start playing the dirt inside your soul, I'm just, I feel like I'm just kind of grinning. And it, for me, at least it like, it sets the tone for the rest of the set. I don't know that it's specifically that song or if it's just the first song we play that kind of gets me into it, but that's kind of like, I don't know. It puts me in that place, right? It's, it's energetic and it's fun. And then from there on out, it's just kind of like smiles, energy, and you know, no, no cares for 30, 40 minutes. Right. Nice. So what's coming up for the band? What are you guys doing? You have a couple shows to wrap up the year. I think, we've right? Got, um, we've got this Friday. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but we've got Friday, December 3rd up at Putnam Place with um, our buddies in Bent and Haley Moley. Nice. Uh, that's going to be uh, great. Saturday the 4th is the, is that the skate shop show? And That one, uh, unfortunately, is postponed. Oh, okay. So we're off on the 4th, but then we're back in action on the 11th, guys, is it? Yes. December 11th yep. is a Saturday, which is our show at the Linda. Um, with, uh, again, we're going to be playing with Haley Moley again, but then really excited. We're going to get uh, on stage with El Modernist and then North by North, which is a band from uh, Minnesota that's swinging. Chicago. Through. Or Chicago. Sorry. I knew it was Midwest. Same thing. <laughs> it, it, it's all, it's all that Midwest. way. Dad, you're in charge of the Midwest. They're from the I left. know. That's why I corrected you. They're Chicago. It's fine. <laughs> okay. And you're working on some new material at all? We have, we uh, we have a good amount of new uh, material that, again, I, I've been sending the guys. Our plan initially was kind of to take this fall and winter and kind of start working on that. And then a lot of show opportunities came up and we just we wanted to play them. Right. So I think going into the beginning of next year is kind of when we're going to be hunkering down and polishing some of that stuff off, start recording. We have no idea what it's going to turn into yet. If it's a few EPs, if it's another full length, all there's. 
18 or 20 songs in there that we're going to be hashing hashing out so no no idea what it looks like but as a, as, as matt referenced we are playing a couple of the songs live and it's been uh it's been a lot of fun just just hearing hearing these guys actually now in a uh writing uh a role right where they didn't have that on the first record but the new stuff is is sounding really it's sounding like us right so it's very nice. fun yep awesome so I thought a fun way to wrap things up here would be what's everyone listening to currently these days? What do you, what have you got going on on your earbuds? Uh, physically listening to, uh, I've been listening to a lot of the uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas soundtrack. It is um, Christmas time. Thanks to my daughter. But on a, uh, on, a, on a more personal note, I would say this is kind of the time where I kind of go back through and start refamiliarizing myself with everything that came out this year and uh so the uh the middle kids record is probably my favorite record that came out this year um so i've been listening to that a lot lately nice um uh what else what else taylor swift folklore is still up there because that just that is that was a great album yeah i love that album it's really good it's that's i don't know i hate i hate answering that question (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry I can't think like <laughs> no, no, don't don't apologize <laughs> i didn't mean it i just said it to be polite <laughs> matter chad um i i mean i i told you earlier i i listen to a lot of hockey podcasts yep so I don't listen to, I, I'm a really weird drummer. I don't really listen to a lot of music. I, I listen to like whatever's on the radio and I listen to podcasts and these guys will send me some things here and there that I'll check out. But I just, I feel like between work and family life and parenting, I don't have a ton of time to really dive in the way I used to. So I, I, I don't have a, somebody that I, that's on my list. So. All right. Next that now. <laughs> next Matt. Um, <laughs> So I was turned on this year to uh, John Lewis, who's a Nashville singer-songwriter, has been kicking around for a while. I think it was in 2019, he released an album called I'll Be Fine, which is probably the best breakup record I have heard in a long, long time. Wow. Found at an important time in my life. So uh, John Lewis, um, as we turn seasons, I'm a big Dallas Green fan. So, and I just saw a city in color over in Northampton, Mass a couple weeks ago. So a lot of city in color right now. And then for writing purposes, I've been listening to a lot of what I, you know, cut my teeth listening to in my teens and, and early twenties, get up kids Thursday. Um, you know, that whole, that whole scene, anything from Jade Tree Records from 95 to 05. So there's, there's a, I, I don't think there's, any one hour of the day where my Spotify is not open. Nice. I, I've actually been on a huge grayscale kick. I don't know if you, any of you guys are familiar with them. I saw they were in Albany a couple weeks ago. I actually had Alex from Young Culture on. Who, yeah, uh, I was listening they, to that. That sounded like a uh, like they were going to have a lot of fun on that show. <laughs> that oh, too. yeah. It's, I, if you even just follow any of their social media, they're getting pretty crazy. Uh, but so I, I knew Young Culture, so I started listening to Grayscale, and they're their albums are just fucking phenomenal it's like dance punk is kind of like the best way i can describe <laughs> describe it but nice some, some awesome stuff uh I, I i'm just i think at this point i'm legally obliged to mention butch walker because uh, i talk about him so much <laughs> yes if, uh, if, if if jordan was here you guys would probably be on a two-hour tangent about yeah him. this would be a three-hour podcast yeah. <laughs> be a butch walker fan oh yeah big yeah. time all right yep. Then maybe it's better it's not here and we can wrap this up in the hour time frame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm I've gotten more into into Butch as the years have gone on. You know, back in college, Jordan would always try and get me into him and it, it, it never clicked. Um but I think in the last few years it's it's clicked more. Uh, oh it will. You just keep you keep it up. <laughs> oh yeah. I've always loved I mean, anything he produces is like is gold. So that, that's kind of where I, I started appreciating uh, Butch Walker. And then going into his songwriting, it was more, I just needed to find the right record. And I can't remember, oh, the one with the, uh, the one with the skull on the front came out a few years ago. Oh, so Stay Gold. Stay, yeah, like, there you go. Yeah, that's, that a was, great, that's a great album, yeah. That was really the one that I was like, all right, this is, 
this is this is up my alley right now and i kind of went back and you know listen to some of the earlier stuff so yeah nice and that sounds like a great place to wrap things up just butch walker love so (laughs) (laughs) so that's gonna do it for another edition of stories from a bar big thank you tj matt and chad for hanging out talking all about eerie don't want to live don't want to die uh this has been real fun i appreciate the time you've spent hanging out with me having some drinks and chatting it's fun absolutely thank you thanks for having us uh, if you're not doing it out there already, be sure to go and like and follow Erie on all their social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at a band called Erie, not the Erie Canal. Uh, Correct. I feel or like that's one. important. Or anything else that's Erie. You want a band called Erie. <laughs> Erie. I, uh, yeah. yeah, not Erie PA. <laughs> they are from Albany. Also, I know you guys have a band camp page, a band called Erie.bandcamp.com. Any guy, anything else you guys want to throw out there? If you want to find our music on any of the streaming platforms, E period, R period, I period, A period. That's the only way to get it to come up. Otherwise, you'll just get a bunch of random, random songs. You're welcome. Thanks, TJ. Yeah, seriously. Big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stories FAB to keep up with everything going on and what's coming up on the show. Be sure to check out Popcorn and Pints on Facebook and Twitter. Live streams every Saturday nights where I drink with some friends and we just talk about movies. And also, don't forget to ch- your discount code for UptownBeverage.com. Stories, one word for 3% off beer purchases. Cheap beer is always the best. You'll find stories from a bar on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to like and subscribe, and even more importantly, leave a fantastic review and share the hell out of it. So until next time, people, cheers. Cheers.